Welcome everybody to Way of the Blade, the podcast. I'm your host, Phil Schneider, author of Way of the Blade, 100 of the greatest bloody matches in professional wrestling, and a writer on the Segunda Caeta blog. I am thrilled to be joined today by the devil's son-in-law, the Viscount of the Vulture Squad, the Five Burrows Bundini Brown, the Rasputin of the Rottweiler, <laughs> my man, Julius Smokes. <laughs> Yeah, 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 Doctor Smokes, baby, let's get it. I got the antidote. All right, we got Literally. the the doctor hybrid, of destruction. The smoke, you know what I mean? <laughs> this is a a real thrill for me. I've been a, a big fan of yours going back almost twenty years now. I think since the the old JPW days, the the you know. Uh, mm, rest in peace, Fat Frank. Absolutely. Yes, and we are here uh, to talk about. Uh, the match for my book, Steve Carino versus Homicide from Ring of Honor. Mm, um, wicked, man. Wicked. September, from the golden era. Ring sub, of Honor, baby. Classic. September 16th, 2003. Um, it was a match I was at live. One of my actual all-time favorite live matches. It's a match you were at ringside for. Hyping up the crowd. Having Homicide's back. Um... And uh, it's it's a it's a classic. I really think that uh, that period of ROH, you know, a lot of people remember it for the technical wrestling, you know, the the wow. the five star matches. Wow. But you also had some absolute bloodbath wars in those days. Um, so yeah, what- yeah, that was like a Abdullah the Butcher versus um, Carlos Colon versus Manny Fernandez. Whatever it is, you know what I'm saying? It definitely was a classic. Dusty Rose versus Tuddy Blanchard. Great American Bashes, 87, 86. That's the type of style it was, y'all. Yeah, for sure. And you know know Homicide, uh, you mentioned Manny Fernandez. I think that is the wrestler who I th- kind of think Homicide was almost a, a modern version of. Right? Had, was a skill. Ironic, right? That's who trained him. That's who trained him. And you could see it, right? And this was like a, a Manny Fernandez classic. I mean, they had been you'd been building up that feud with Carino for a long time and this was the fu- this was when they were finally going to you know meet have a one-on-one match settle it and then of course nothing got settled um Gabe I, was the booker don't forget that baby put the <laughs> signature behind that that's Gabe that's it, his signature it, it, i mean it was very cool i i know that the opening of this match was one of my favorite things in the world because they did the intro i think it was Bobby Cruz right who came out in intro in Listed off every single one of Steve Carino's titles from every tiny backwater indie promotion in the world. That was psychological warfare right there. He was trying to water it down, you know, and, you know, playing mind games. That's what they do. He's the master of mind games. That's Steve Carino, ECW original right there. Yeah. And That's I know what that, they do. And, and the, the po- there was a point where it like, he starts it, and then you go, how much longer is he going to do this for? And then it gets to be, it's funny, and then it stops being funny, and it goes on, and it's funny again because it lasts so long. I think at one point he stops and takes a long drink of water, and then just gets back on the gets back on the, the microphone and says, it's the Kaida light heavyweight champion, the former Omega this champion, that champion. You know, he's the elder statement, you know what I mean? So basically we just sit back and relax and let it play out. And then um, let our youthfulness take advantage from there. You know what I mean? So uh, we just weather the storm and just make things happen. Right. So what was your, that was what, the game plan? That was the game plan. So what was it like? 
I know one of my one of the sort of I think most memorable moments for that match is the slap to the ear. Do you remember the slap to the ear? What did you think Bummer of Bummer Clot? Bummer Clot. Hell what, yeah. What did you think of Ringside <laughs> when you heard that when you heard that like it sounded like a somebody dropped a safe on the floor or somebody put a shotgun outside a car Ooh. window and you heard that sound. It sounded like Riding through one seven oh Webster Avenue or riding through Fort Green. You know what I mean? <laughs> if, you, if you heard nine that down in alley, you, you hit a U turn, right? <laughs> nine o'clock in the morning or nine o'clock at night. You know, so I, I'm used to hearing that kind of noise. It didn't rattle me. It was just like, wow, I'm a side. We taking it there right now? Wow. Um, Loved it. So. Tough thoroughbred, though. You know what I mean? Give it to Steve Carino. Tough thoroughbred, man. I mean, they, they, that you thought when that happened that that match was going to be over. Like when I heard that, I was like, "Oh, they're going to have to stop the match." Because uh, you could, you know, you can, I used to, you can tell when something, you know, there's a difference in the sound between a professional wrestling punch and a punch, a punch punch. I used to box when I was younger, I you, and it sounded I like that. I feel that Steve Carino had too much pride, so I didn't really think the match was going to be over. You know, I just felt that we needed to capitalize on it. Immediately. You know what I mean? No mercy. You see blood in the water, just like a shark. You got attacked. That was the mentality. Right. So that the match gets very bloody in around the middle of the match. And it sort of starts with Homicide taking the barbed wire to Carino's bicep, which is just gross. You know what I mean? Like, there's kind of a way that you could do barbed wire into a forehead, and you you know you cut you you know books called way the blade. You cut yourself with the forehead or something like that. But the, that's a Latin king. It's real, real <laughs> round steel, razor blades. Puerto Rico's in the house. You got to be out your fucking mind, man. So you know it was going down. Yeah. So Corrido's bleeding a lot from, yeah. his, from his arm, and then homicide. It's. When he goes into the ring post, he comes up and it's like one of those things where it's the the blood is redder than you think it should be. <laughs> like it's one of those things where you look at it and go, "Oh, this was too deep. This was deeper than it should have been." Um, it looks it, it. I said in the book, it looks less like fruit punch and more like marinara sauce. You know, it had that deep Roma tomato red coming out of his head. And what were you thinking? You're at ringside and you see that. Uh, are you starting to think maybe this has gone too far? athletes going toe-to-toe, a man on man and uh, spitting the win and see what happens. I mean, literally. I mean, it was a uh, ball wire match, and uh, you signed a contract knowing the, um, you walk in, and you might not walk out going the same way, mm-hmm. coming in, you know what I mean? So it's one of them situations right there. It's just like going to a steel cage match in the 80s. You know what's going to happen. I want to talk a little bit about this feud as it kind of went on. Because another match that I saw live uh, was one of my, is one of my, actually another one of my favorite live matches that was part of this feud, although Steve Carino wasn't in it. and But you were in it. And it was the group versus the Rottweilers in Philadelphia. Do you remember that match where they had, where you guys had brought in Dusty Rhodes? You brought in every oh, yeah. every guy that you, from that you knew. I mean, there were just people who never wrestled. You can't rest- judge an apple by <laughs> looking at the tree. You can't judge a dog by looking at the mother. Can't you see Dusty Rhodes, baby, American Dream? So what was it Mr. like, Mellow Yellow? So what was it like meeting <laughs> Dusty Rhodes? 
dynamic. I mean, fantasy, um, just meeting your hero basically came true. I mean, it was the book from the National Wrestling Alliance, Men Atlantic Wrestling, when I was growing up watching it in um, North Carolina, Virginia, a long time ago in the 80s, early 90s. So um, I just wanted to go in there and, um, wow, <laughs> perform, entertain, and yeah. show him exactly what I got and let him know I had his back. And I'm trying to think of who... Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of the the lineup that was was involved in that. So you were in that match. I know Low Life Louie. Low Life Louie. <laughs> um, was Be- uh, Becky Bayless? I'm trying to remember. That. That was a long time ago. Hardcore. <laughs> Not the master. That, that's the monster of hardcore. <laughs> Low uh, Life Louie. You know what I mean? Yes, Low Life Louie is. And uh, it's funny. I think he's had Give two. Him flowers. He had two ROH matches ever, and both of them he just ended up carved up like like a Christmas turkey, right? Uh, that match, and d- didn't Abby come out and cut him up too? Like, <laughs> That's what he does best. It's like ga- games. Like I, I just need somebody who's, yes. who's gonna. I need somebody who's gonna spray in this match. Uh, who's got Low Life Louie's cell phone number? Let's call him up. Let's bring him in. Uh, a, a guy who I, I had a lot of, a lot of time for back in. The early JAPW days too, like for the when JAPW kind of started, they were doing a lot more well, you know, death match. You don't stuff. mind putting his face in a blender. I mean, basically, he's almost like an offensive, defensive line. I mean, that's the toughest people on the football field. So when you call somebody to do something, that's what you want to call is like Louie. You know, he don't go in the match um, looking to get cut up like that. But unfortunately, it happens. You know what I mean? Sure. <laughs> was Lathon was Lathon part of that match? I'm trying to remember the all, all the old Tower Torture T O T. No, no, no. He wasn't part of the match. Um, basically, he's part of the melee that took place in Queens. Okay. Um, I knew there on. was some Lathon involved, uh, but like that area, that area of JPW guys, Lathon, Magic, Suba, all those guys. Were, in the doghouse. The doghouse. Absolutely. And is that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. and that's where it, did you start? Were you trained in the doghouse as well? Yeah, now Forty Jamaica Avenue. So how did that end up happening? How did you end up getting? Uh, where, what's the? Give me the give me the uh, back of the book version of how you ended up as Julius <laughs> Smokes. Back of the book version. Yeah, you know, maybe not every chapter. Big Daddy K. I'm gonna give you that Big Daddy K. Raw. Okay. You know what I mean? Let me hear I'm it. Give it to you straight up. With no chaser. Um... Basically, I met up at Arena Puerto Rico years ago. Um, Lotto the Don bought me in the game, you know, with Urban Wrestling Federation. I mean, the Urban Wrestling League. That's what he called it. I made a song um, video out right now, Urban Wrestling League. Definitely got to peep that out, y'all. Okay. Crazy. But anyway, um, they kind of um, connected with the, um, well, I met them at Arena Puerto Rico, which was a um, a church gym. It's crazy, but it was in Brooklyn, so and bro- uh, we we all met up there. And then Bobby Lambardi decided to uh, started his own promotion and everything like that, his own training facility, and uh, started the doghouse. He actually had two of them. I came to the second one, which is not Forty Jamaica Avenue. So there were two doghouses. Now was Homicide the head trainer of the doghouse? Both. Well, both of them. Him and Lathan. T.O.T. Yeah. And because Homicide... T.O.T. Homicide had been trained a, uh, a, earlier than that. He, he was a little bit of a veteran in the game, although probably not too much into it, right? I mean, he had been around for a little while, but 
uh, trained by Manny Fernandez. And uh, then that would have been Loki and the Hit Squad would have been part of the doghouse too, right? I'm trying to remember I'm trying to remember my Jersey history here. Uh, yeah. Trey, you got to school um, me if I'm getting it wrong. Yeah, Monster Mac, um, Jay Lubber, Ghost Shadow. Um, wow. Let's goes on, bro. <laughs> the, the icon. The icon. The Grim Reefer. The Grim Reefer. Grim Reefer. Don't forget about him. He needs flowers too. You know what I mean? He's he's still out. He's still around, right? He's still active. Grim Reefer is still wrestling, right? A lot of those guys are yeah are retired or uh, have hung him up, but I think Grim Reefer is still around. And Burns Luciano, he was the one who knew Bobby Lambardi, who motivated him to do what he needed to do. And so you started that. So what was your, where were your first wrestling matches? What, what promotion? LIWF. LIWF. Bobby Lombardi's promotion. Long Island, uh, the Long Island Wrestling Federation. Okay. And then you kind of came, became part of JAPW when they started up. Were you on those earliest JAPW shows? Uh, well, the earlier shows was hardcore, bro. It was vicious. It was, <laughs> it was doing any and everything else. But, um, classic traditional wrestling when it first started the company if i'm not mistaken right it was the straight hardcore yeah the uh, christmas trees and light uh ornaments and uh, if i remember yeah. if i remember correctly i i, I it was i came to it a little later like i came to it in like your homicide low-key you know mm-hmm. youth gone wild hit squad era jpw was when yeah. i started going to shows and, and trading tapes and writing about it on the Death Valley Driver and kind of really getting into that whole scene, like pre-ROH. But that was kind of the, that def, the JPW stuff was definitely like a precursor in a lot of ways. Like if you look at those early ROH Pretty shows, much. they were basically just JPW shows. They had they were 70% JPW guys, right? Christopher Street Connection, Hit Squad, uh, Homicide, yep. Loki, Special K were most of those he guys. Side JPW. the best side. Most of the guys that. JPW guys. the best side. And I, don't, I think JP, <laughs> JPW, historically, I think they don't get as, enough credit for being one of like the real uh, starting points for that sort of U.S. indie wrestling revolution in the early 2000s. I think they, sh- they in some ways, should get as much credit as ROH. Obviously, ROH sort of, you know, nationalized a little, little more. But all, that, all the sort of basis for that stuff came from those, you know, Bayonne, JPW shows, right? You can see, or, or uh, you know, uh, the... If... Connecting the dots. Definitely on that one, bro. Yeah. Absolutely, and I totally agree with that. So what was... That. This uh, show is called... The show is called Way of the Blade. The book's called Way of the Blade. It's about bleeding. You... What is what is the match that you can remember where you got cut the deepest? Wow. Um... But fortunate enough, I haven't had too many blood baths. I'm saying I witnessed them. You know what I'm saying? I've been in a couple of tapers matches with Low Life Louie at the doghouse and everything like that. But um, usually my opponent would bleed. <laughs> so you're saying like... I got a head like a coconut. <laughs> so you, you get in there with Low Life. Because I imagine at this point, if you just tap Low Life Louie on the, on the forehead or give him a little pat on the cheek... Uh, he opens ah, up right at some this point. Was the early days, yo. I was I was throwing that um that Mike Tyson um smoking Joe Frazier on it real quick. It was it was a tape fist match and um wow, what a great win it was. Loved every bit of it. 
Um, yeah, I can imagine. I uh, so so you were the guy. So you didn't during the early JPW, you know, Christmas tree light bulb stuff. You didn't really. That wasn't your, really your kind of thing. You were more of an old school kind of tape your fists, get out there, throw nah, punches at people's heads. I wasn't a couple of tape, but basically I wasn't around, you know, when it was doing that. But I actually seen the film and knew where Homicide came from, and and respected it. You know what I mean? Because uh, it took a special talent and a special athlete to pull all that off. So I have to give him a little flowers even um, going through that. But uh, he um, tradition, I mean, he transitioned to more classic lucha wrestling. And um, you see that um, he killed it. <laughs> yeah. He's a legend in that right now. I'm no, actually I mean- watching MLW as we speak. It's homicide. And that's where you're you're at right now, right? That's where, that's, people the universe. Can, that's where people can see you. Talk, talk to me a little about how you ended that's up. That's that UFO. How you went, we're the World Tag Team Champions right now. What are you talking about? 5150, right. Conan, Homicide. You know what I mean? So how did you end up back Slice in... Boogie, <laughs> Danny Barrera. Come on. How did you, how'd you end up back at MLW? I got that phone call. Court, um, court texted me. I mean, not even text me. He just he just got in contact with me, and um, Conan put the stamp approval on it because he wanted he wanted to bring me in, and um, it was a blessing in disguise. I mean, um, Conan told me years ago when he was in the ring on Honor, when I came out with him to um, to manage LAX, and he did a couple of things with us with the Jim Cornette back in '06, '05. He always told me once that um, you know. He's gonna give me that phone call one day, and it happened. Because <laughs> you, because where you know, I you and somebody I see sh- always excited to see show up. But what did you been doing in wrestling mostly between ROH and MLW? Like, what was your sort of like those you know decade or so in between? You know, the end of your ROH run and this MLW run. Oh, uh, VXS. I'm commentating for them. Um, for the last year and a half, I was um. Catalyst Wrestling, uh, managing the rep, two tag team champions of the world uh, at Catalyst Wrestling, and um, Jesse Brooks, I managed her, uh, phenomenal female. That's the pit bull, That's my pit bull in the skirt. And, and then I got my Russian Dynamite, Stajanovic. You know what I mean? Um, wow. She's the CPU heavyweight champion in the world right now. Okay. Compact, compact, um, compact wrestling. Okay. Not, not even that. It's compact sports or something like that. But it's an MMA style. Oh, okay, that's interesting. That's 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 gonna yeah. be um, all females. Oh, cool. So, what promotion is that? I gotta look that up. I, I'm a you know I'm a shoot style fan uh, from back in the day. Battle Arts, UWFI. Futan, that's my that's my favorite stuff. So I I uh, I did mm. not know there was a New York uh, uh, shoot style uh, women's promotion. <laughs> that got, that wow. sounds like that's up my alley, uh, J Train. I gotta yeah, check that absolutely. out. I gotta write that. So what what what's the name of that promotion? Well, I'm I'm looking for it right now, and I'm gonna give it to you. Absolutely, it's called CFU Combat Fights Unlimited. Combat fights unlimited. All right, and you, st- I will. And that's on. Uh, oh, it's kind of you can watch that on IWTV. 
So we got some friends mm-hmm. at IWTV. So that's that's something you can uh, you can check out. And you say you're rest, you're managing uh, Masha Slamovich in that. Yes, I am. Okay, she's a, I, she's somebody I, I've seen. I've seen her in other places and really enjoyed her. She's got a lot. She's really talented. Yeah, incredible athlete, tremendous energy, and I channeled it in and created a champion out of it. A diamond in the rough. You know what I mean? So let's uh so we you talked about being ringside at some real blood bass. This match we talked about, one of my favorites, one of the my, I think maybe five top five matches in ROH history. What would be another one that if you wanted to point out for people who wanted to go a little deeper in the catalog? One of the one of your favorite blood bass you were involved in outside of this one. Mm. That's one of the top ones. That's one of the top. I mean, let's just keep it basically where it's at. I mean, let's let's not even beat around the bush. Ain't no middle man when it comes down to that match right here. When it comes down to Homicide and uh, Steve Carino. Yeah, it's, it was a great feud, and, and like the, one of the things I always loved about Homicide. Or the Wire. Or the Wire is another great one. Um, he had some real, real, real great matches with um, Cole Cabana. I remember it being really crazy. You know what? That's another one. Thank you. Hell yeah, that's the one right there, yo. Where I, that was how, a battle where we had to put out his britches and bring out the paddle. Yep. You know what I mean? <laughs> Gra- wop, 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 wop. Grab a, I think you guys used bleach. Uh, I mean, just some crazy shit. I mean, that's the thing about it. I think Homicide, I, I mean, you, it, the sort of act you guys had, you and him. As Carver Washington House is right there, yeah. yo. We had to do it to him straight from the project. Yeah. Represent El Dario. You crazy? Hell yeah. Spanish Harlem stand up, yo. Bleach, everything else that could come with it. <laughs> the fork, the 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 uh the with the rubber chicken. Thomas had a whole had a whole uh had a whole uh menagerie with him when it came out to uh, these matches. I remember the great thing we didn't take him to the two tray hundred and sixteenth street and really do him dirty. <laughs> I say less on that one. Just under, under yeah. they, they find find command underneath a bridge somewhere. The tire around his neck. <laughs> old school. I know that uh, Homicide, I think the thing that he did, I mean, he's a great, uh, overall well-rounded great wrestler, but when he got that look in his eyes, he was one of the scariest guys in wrestling history because you did not know what he was going to do. And he he conveyed the sort of feeling like this could go very, very wrong very, very quick. Um, the, the This match was definitely like that. The Cabana match. I know the matches he had with Teddy against Teddy Hart in JPW, where it just looked like this is going to go off the rails any minute now, and I'm not sure whether uh, you know we should call the referee <laughs> or call the police. It's real, bro. It's a, I mean, he's a constant profession. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I mean, it's a thin line between love and hate. You sign the contract, you know what it's all about, and we're gonna get in there ripping on. We're gonna get in there and see what we made out of. So how did you end up hooking up with Homicide and ROH? Because um, you just kind of how did that, how did that sort of that uh, partnership that relationship Natural progression? We was already basically doing Rockwaller um, at the Doghouse, and uh, I was working with a Jersey all places like that. I mean, we was on the same show, so you know we we came from from, from the same camp. So um, this Gabe just asked me, he was like, "Hey, yo, you know, I like your enthusiasm." Um, um, I want you to be in the corner, but it was it was all up to homicide though. You know, homicide and we didn't have a corner man like that. 
Yeah, because it was actually they didn't really need one, you know, with the particular style he was doing. But we was gonna take it to a whole different level when it comes down to entertainment. So uh, it was a great package. We did it. Yeah, and it was sort of a different thing. That, <laughs> it was very different than you saw, you know, traditional wrestling managers, right? Like I think you normally wrestling managers were heels, you know, and they would be there to interfere and sort of get heat on their uh, on the with the guys they were with. In some ways, you were. I mean, Homicide was like a a super baby face in those days, right? Like the most pop, probably the most popular mm. guy in the entire promotion. So you didn't really see that. It was that you know, go back to something like Arnold Scotland with Bob Backlund in the seventies. You know, uh, mm. you don't think of a lot of like real baby face managers, but uh, you know, obviously, I think the comparison I always used to make when I used to write about you is Bundini Brown, who used to be Ali's hype man. That's what you always reminded me of is this guy who was who was going to be there to like just absolutely hype up. You know, phenomenal get, get comparison, bro. That was the same thing I was thinking about. That was the same thing I studied, understood. I was a big Muhammad Ali fan. I used to hear their chants in the corner. And um, I was like, who was doing that? And on uh, the final, it was Bo Dillily. They just had that certain relationship, that connection. Homicide and I, we both had the same thing going on. So it was poetry in motion. Because there was something about Thank like you, when, when you were there ringside with the the gold teeth and the the, <laughs> the the crazy eyes and it's like you get a sense that the guy you're managing you got he's he's gonna run through a wall you know what I mean get you get super fired up I mean I it was as somebody did sports a lot when I was younger you get yeah. that that fire in your belly for somebody hyping you up like that right get to get appreciate you appreciate Gabe for not having a closet mind and basically just let everything naturally materialize. It is let me be me out there. He felt it was, that's where I need to be at and uh, keep on creating new material and just go out there and just be natural and just do you. Yeah. And everything fell right in place. I yeah, and, I, and, you know, I think uh, street gimmicks like that, you know, I think in wrestling for when I, we were growing up, it always felt a little inauthentic. You know what I mean? Like, I grew up in Oakland, California. Uh, in Birth, California, I grew up in the East Bay. So I, you know, I, I, I'm not saying I was in the streets. I was streets adjacent. You know what I mean? Like I was, um, mm-hmm. but you know, you, you got you could tell when something was authentic, when something wasn't right. Like something like, you know, you crime time or men on a mission. You just didn't get the sense that that was, they weren't really representing. They might've been from, they weren't representing the reality of the whole thing. And I think in some ways that whole homicides gimmick, okay. your gimmick, low key at that point. You know, that was the first time I really, you know, felt that culture really represented in professional wrestling. Well, that synergy and energy actually would really accumulated from watching Dick Murdoch, um, Dick Slater, and those guys back in the day talking about fighting, fighting inside the saloons, the bars, beating everybody up before they come to the wrestling matches. I'm like, hold on, we're doing the same thing out in the streets of New York, so let's put that in there because that's what we do for real. We really about that. We had to fight for real. We fought in high school, elementary school, primary. We had to fight for real. Jumped, jumping people, everything else. We really had to do it. So let's really bring it, but commercialize it. You know what I mean? Right. And that's what we did. Yeah, I said kind of a. It was like a mix. I ain't no computer geek in no wrestling, bro. This is I'm a. I'm a a real athlete, you know. I, I play organized football, basketball, baseball when I was younger, all that, bro. I'm a sports jock. <laughs> That's the difference. It is a, it it's is, real this way, bro. 
it is something I think that's changed a little bit in professional wrestling maybe in the last 20 years. There are people who are more, who got into it uh, tape trading as opposed to got into it because they were, you know, academically ineligible for college football. We come in and knock them down. We come in here to wear championships, smother you like chicken, you can't keep up, you better level up. That's the way we look at it. No mercy, baby. I'm on a path. You know what I mean? The road to the gold. That's it. So you mentioned you were you grew up in Virginia, North Carolina. When did you get to New York? Wow, I was born in New York, but I was always in and out, traveling, you know, my family. You know, they had a house down in Virginia. You know, we had our own little thing going on in New York too, so I was always back and forth. Okay. So you were you know what I mean? It's fortunate. So you had a chance to 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 watch some mid Atlantic NWA stuff when you were down in uh down in Virginia. Like a baby when I came to New York, because you know, in the Bronx at the time in Brooklyn, you didn't have no cable, so you couldn't watch TBS unless you lived in Harlem or certain parts of Manhattan. Only had cable. I know Long Island had cable, but certain like Brooklyn, Bronx, certain places like that, they had cable until like the early 90s, 89, 90. So I came up here, 85, 84, was like, yo, what the fuck is this shit? I can't watch my Ric Flair. They're like, who Ric Flair? Hulk Hogan. I'm like, who the fuck? Hulk Hogan? Who the fuck is that? You know, so I, had to, I had to get up on this MSG shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, uh, I had, uh, they had, uh, when I was growing up, they had um, NWA uh, World Championship Wrestling. I didn't have cable. When I first started watching wrestling, I got a little later. Used to air at like midnight. Um, and I had a little TV in my room, so I would be up, you know, mm. trying to keep it really low. Uh, watching, you know, Art Anderson, Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes. That was that was the stuff that really connected me to Professor Wrestling. Became a lifelong fan of it, really from that era. No that, that stuff. And I remember I went to the first ever um, Hulk Hogan Ric Flair match. The first match they ever had against each other uh, was uh, in in Oakland, actually, at the Oakland Coliseum in 1991. It was like the first the WWF style of match. Right. I hated but I, that. But I, I remember I it underneath the NWA banner yeah. so much at that time. And so see Hogan bleed like a fucking pig. I remember I went to Let's that go sixty thing. minutes with the world champion. Yeah, exactly. That's what he was all about back then. Let's go sixty minutes. Let's not let's not take any <laughs> let's not we're not gonna do fourteen in a leg drop. So I went there with my friend with my friend Rod and I, I don't know how many you said fourteen in a leg drop. <laughs> right. Fourteen minutes in nah, a leg like, drop. <laughs> Probably ten minutes, bro. It was probably five minutes for the ring entrance. We ain't lying about that, boy. Hogan definitely milked it, but uh, hey, he put it. He put wrestling to the stratosphere. Yeah. Uh, so and they think, man, come on, man. It, it's Yo, it, they fucking flowers, bro. Better for better or for worse, it's definitely true. Uh, nah. But I remember me and, me and my friend Rob, we went to Oakland Coliseum. I don't know how many fights we almost got into with Hulkamaniacs. Because we were, you know, 50, we were like, you know, seven, was in trouble back se- then. 16, 17, you know, uh, and just, you know, wooing and talking trash. <laughs> like, just like the whole thing. Like, we almost didn't make it to the end of the show. No, we would have been buddies back then because I would have been right behind you on that one, bro. Crazy. <laughs> we were just getting people's faces, talking about Flair was in this. So uh, that that was my that was my guy. That was uh that was what I was That's all about. Positive energy coming from the fans though, because you dare to love it for what it is. You could talk as much shit as you want to talk. You paid your ticket, <laughs> have fun and um, good fun. You know what I mean? And take it home. Yeah, and I mean it was it like I said when I was a little older, I had a, that similar kind of energy. You know, we, we, we're talking about the group versus uh, versus Rottweilers match that same kind of thing where you're just in there. Just yelling and screaming and rooting and you know not even not looking at it 
critically with a critical eye, you know, but more looking at it like, oh man. You know what? It's a gift from the curse now. When you tell me that you seen me a long time ago, I'll be like, all right, that's cool. Now I know you have kids. I want to see you and your kids at the show. It's all about that son. It's all about your daughter. Yeah, we went to we're in, we're in uh, we're in Denver now, and uh, we've got, they love kids. They love wrestling. Ain't nothing like getting the kids behind wrestling because yeah. you know we loved it. You know they love as soon as they look at it. They just want to go to it and get a chance to see it. Yep, I took thank my, you. I Bring took, them to it. I took my son to see. Uh, we saw Negro Casas and Rocky Romero Ooh. a couple weeks ago in here in Denver. He got very into it. I like that. Yes. yes. So he that's was the type of bitch you take him to. Yes, so the old. See what it's really about. Yep. See, the, because they, that's the thing about uh, weirdly in Denver, a lot of lucha. They don't have as much. You know, mm-hmm. I haven't really found an indie promotion here that I've that I've connected to, but they have a lot of lucha here. So Negro Casas, Santo, all the like all the that. greats. Uh, I don't love the lucha. Give me an opportunity for the on uh, the guys five foot eight, five foot nine, five foot five, whatever to eat because they can wrestle their fucking asses off. You know, back in the days when I was breaking in, it was all about being 6'5", 6'4", 6'3", you know, the uh, Hogan slash, um, I don't know, Rick Road, Rude type. I don't Road know what it War- was. Road Warriors, Ultimate Warriors. Yeah, Warriors, you know. But now you can actually see what the work is. You know, the Lucha just took it to a whole different level. I have that footwork like Ghost Shadow. I remember Ghost Shadow. One of the, what a, like what, Ghost Shadow, baby. He was, he the was, new N.E.W., Heavyweight champion of the world. Is Ghost Shadow still wrestling? Ah, ah, yeah. We just had a show this weekend. Unbelievable. Well, I got to get in this corner. We won the championship. Let's go. Oh, you got to get. I got to get. I clearly have to see some 2021 Ghost Shadow. I I remember him. Mm. That was that was my dude back in the day. He had an incredible match with Loki. 2001, maybe 2002. I'm trying to remember this. Uh, uh, Well, you know, Patron and Hennessy don't freeze. And that's what we are, Patroni Hennessy. We don't freeze. <laughs> Patron and Hennessy don't freeze. Ah, I'm happy ah. to have you on the pod, J-Train. We don't have a lot of... Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I think this is the first time we've heard Patron and Hennessy don't freeze on the way of the Blade Pod, and it makes me very happy to hear it. I'm in ch- I, this, this is a trip. So I want to give you a chance. You got, it sounds like you got a lot of irons in the fire. So we gotta get we gotta give you a shot here before we uh, call it a night to give you to to give me some plugs. Tell me mm-hmm. what is going on. So so yeah, you, absolutely. So you are we people can watch you every week on MLW Wrestling. Your man, who are Big you managing time. there? Fifty one fifty. We already know that Slice Buggy, Danny Rivera. And are those guys? Are they from that? Uh, are they from the same? Uh, that sort of do- are they like the the grandson, grandchildren of the doghouse who trained those guys? Um, nah, they basically um, came in through a whole different other wrestling camp. You know, one's from the NWA. Uh, they actually both from New York City, but they migrated out to California. And um, they're doing a lot of big things, yo. Um, check them out. Google their names. Okay. Right now it's MOW. It, there's nothing bigger than that right now. All 50 right. wall 50 across your face. Clear, clear. You know what I mean? All right. Come, come. And where else? In, in, so, and then we talked about Combat Fights Unlimited. You, you're managing in there. Where else can people go see you? Mm, mash them up. Mash them up. You know? Dejanovich. <laughs> Already know. It's a cold world in Russia. 
All right, and then what else? We got we got T-shirts. Where can people find the T-shirts? Uh, what what a maneuver? Matter of fact, this Google Junior smokes. That's all you have to do. Google Junior smokes, and then the links will be there. Mm-hmm. I'm the only Junior smokes in this world. You know what I mean? So this Google Junior smoke J U L I U X S M O K E S. That's all you have to do. Google me. Okay, and then we got and we're gonna play a song here on the outro. Um, what song are we going to give me the song to play? I'm going to play it on the outro. What song are we going to play? Um, wow. Just for Julia smokes, smokes. So the song, <laughs> the song, the song is called smokes. Yes. All right. Absolutely. So that's where we're playing that on the outro. So people listen to that. And you said people can find, uh, Julia smokes, uh, music on, uh, is that some iTunes, Spotify, all the places um, you're going to see that Apple music, iHeartRadio, everywhere. Pandora, on all musical platforms. And who's your musical inspiration? Would you say would be your? Is, um, this, is this New York? Wow. Is this New York? Is this uh, Locks, Diplomats? Prince. Prince. Prince of the Revolution, yo. Okay. Yeah, I'm taking it back in the day, yo. He gave me the knowledge, the wisdom to navigate this game and much more. Plus, I know I love his music. You know what I mean? I just like the knowledge he left behind. Or the artists and whatnot to basically be entrepreneurs and be uh, controlling our own music the way that I'm doing right now. Buddha Head Records and uh, big shout out, you know, main the Radio Impact, DJ Green Guy, DJ King Assassins out there in Los Angeles, California. You know, they got me signed up with um, Symphonic Distribution. You know what I mean? That's my distributor right there, yo. And plus TuneCore. I'll put them too. I got two distributors. So uh, I'm just rocking out right now. I'm just doing me, man. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The documentary, the story, Julia Smokes. Get that. It's there. WeOnNation.com. That's our TV station. Rock on that. WeOnNation.com. Get that. that. Julia Smokes. And that's a history of of you from cradle cradle to now. Uh, telling how you got into professional wrestling, telling yeah, you from the cradle to the grave. Well, we, you know, we many years till that, my friend. We don't need to. <laughs> we don't need to say to the grave. Who knows? You, we, you're going to be out there uh, repping. No, repping. I will live forever, baby. Yeah, you don't exactly. rock that way. I, I talk in reality. That's what it is. So <laughs> uh, I'm going to see with my DNA. The story's coming straight for me. Distributed through um, Symphonic Distribution. Julia Smokes. This is how we do, yo. So this is that. We so, had records. So I think a lot of people, you know, who are fa- who are fans of Ducati during that. <laughs> oh, there's dur- so much going on. Bro. Look, you 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 gotta keep you gotta keep moving, right? I think we said, I, I you know, you can uh, you can rest when when you're under the under the dirt. If you're above it, you got to keep uh, grinding. And I appreciate that. And look, I look. think a lot of people were big mm-hmm. fans of yours. In those ROH, those classic ROH days, and they, it's good that they can know, look, there's lots of Julius Smokes out there in the world right now. Uh, well, appreciate the fans uh, basically still being interested in what I do and how I do because the energy is authentic. I ain't trying to be nobody else when I was out there. I wanted to put my own mark in the sport and respect what I do at the same time. And um, one love to Conan. Blessings, yo. Bring me the MLW court. Everybody, baby. Let's get them. And then, yeah. and then you know, any last thoughts on Homicide and Carino? Mm. 
Well, you know, Carino's son, uh, he was the Catalyst Wrestling uh, heavyweight champion for a quick minute. So I definitely got respect for the family. He was in the locker room during those times when Steve Carino and Homicide was going at each other. He was patching his dad up. You know what I mean? Right. So he always had the eye of the tiger. That's what I remember. His son just hanging around him like that and breaking into the business 20 years later, wanting to do the same thing his daddy do. You know, they had a great... That's what I remember most. They had a great match against each other uh, about a month ago um, where Steve Greeno came out of retirement and wrestled his son. Um, It's on IWTV in one of my favorite matches of the year. And, uh, you know... It is. It's so good, and Carino, both those guys are so great, and Steve Carino coming back after all those years, and you know, with maybe a, a couple, maybe a, a couple more wrinkles on his face, a couple more pounds on his belly, uh, still looked incredible, and uh, so he's still out there doing it. Homicide's obviously still out there doing it too, um, you know, all these years later, still having memorable moments and great matches, and he's you know, Homicide's like a Rolex watch; you keep a licking and keep on ticking. Pioneer. Has a mind just like um, expect um, just like um, wow. I was thinking about the Wu Tang Clan right now. You know what Spectre I'm saying? Like that's how he wanted to to migrate and uh, navigate this game with the, some of the team players that he had around him. And if you can't keep up or level up, that's on you. The gas is in the tank. Let's go. And and um, he always led by example. You see what he's doing right now. He's wrestling for a lot of different promotions. He's doing what he wants to do. And um, God bless him and his new baby daughter and his wife. It's all about family right now. You take care of his family. Wonderful. Uh, uh, Julia Smokes, this has been a blast. I really appreciate you coming on. We'll be back next week with another episode of Way of the Blade. Yo, I got this chocolate tie. It's Woody Walker, you know. On the real, you got that lime green, that kryptonite. Yo, let's twist this up. Uh, make your bounce, uh.